You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 661, Legionnaires number seven, Under the Sea. Episode 661 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I'm Paul French, and today I am Camper Kid, because oh. Jan and I finally went to pick up our new camper. Ooh. So off we went yesterday, drove the couple of hours to pick it up, towed it all the way home, and went to set it up today, and there was pieces that were supposed to be in there that are not. So tomorrow, I will be... <laughs> Did you get it from Ikea? <laughs> t- tomorrow, I will be Karen Kid, caller oh. of managers. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> because there's some stuff that is not uh, that is that is not uh, um, included as as it was supposed to be. So we are um, going to have some words, have some stuff shipped, and uh, <laughs> and all will be all will be happy because I ain't driving two hours again. Do, do you need me to send you some Karen approved wigs to wear? You know the high, uh, you know the high bang look. They can be on the phone on FaceTime with them. Because <laughs> that would be doubly disturbing, I would think, for them. So I, they would I, want to solve your problem. Believe quickly. me, believe me, the 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 area that they're in, yeah, it would be. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. There's probably a filter for that too. That that is one of my uh, my You're goals right. is using homophobia as a weapon against others at every possible opportunity. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, sir? What's with you? Hi, everybody. I'm Darren Well, and today my gay powers have increased even more. Yay. I got a haircut. Nice. <laughs> I had to trim up the mop. It was it was getting too hot. It's hot down here. Ugh, God, it's like walking in a sauna every minute of the day now, That's what I call uh, it which is Manta. normal for us. It's really normal. It rains for like an hour, <laughs> stops raining, and then you can go outside. It's like being in a steam room. It's fine. Everything's fine. You're having a schwitz. Totally a spritz, a little spritz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. It's good times. It's summer, you know, it's going to rain. It keeps the bugs out of your house when it rains, and that's good. They get water outside, outside, yeah, not inside. Mm, no, uh-uh. That's when they cross the line, and then they must die. So that's just the way it is. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the rule. That's fair. So over to you, Mr. Travis. Hey, everybody. Following up on Darren, I am Sudden Storm Lad. We're used to it here during the summer. Like I said, just storms constantly out of nowhere. Today I had laundry going, the dishes washing, the TV was on, the computer was on, I was doing something, everything's going. Sudden thunderstorm out of nowhere, power's out, everything screwed up. Yep. Man. (laughs) Laundry in the morning and then stop around 2 p.m., because that three o'clock daytime heating, three to five, is when you're going to get the thunder boomer out of nowhere. Mm. Like, well, I will be sitting at my desk, just typing away, doing work, and I'm like looking outside. I'm like, oh my god, it looks like the wrath of God outside because yeah. the wind is blowing, lightning, thunder, rain is pouring down in sheets. And then five minutes later, my phone alert goes off. There is heavy rain in your area. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Jan, Jan and <laughs> really? I uh, last week, uh, uh, you know, every night I would coax her away from work and we would go for a bike ride. And um, so on Thursday or Wednesday, I guess it was, 
doesn't matter. Um, got her away. We get all set up. You know, I give the tires a little extra pump because in you know when it's extra warm, it sometimes you just need to make sure it's back up. And uh, we're just about to leave, and we hear this huge bang, and like enough, like it sounded like a gunshot. And we're like, "What oh. the hell just happened?" You're and, in Canada, y'all don't have shooters, and not yeah, not in this and and this neighborhood. There's no way in hell. But you yeah. know, it's like, what the hell was that? And um, and and Jan looks over and she's like, "Is that dandelion fluff or I don't know?" And uh, so it was basically like, "Okay, our side of the street and the other side of the street is out." So she goes back in to check on the girls, and it's just and like you know they're like, "What the fuck do we do now?" Because there's no uh, there's, there's no, no Wi Fi, <laughs> and um, we're like, "All right, the girl, read a book." The girls said that. We're uh, they would have they they were thinking it. I'm sure they were. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. But actually, what they were really thinking right away was, I think they left to go on their bike ride. Let's go get popsicles. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> because when Jam went in to check on them, they were both in That's the garage. Where they were. Yeah, they're both in the garage at the freezer getting popsicles, and uh, and so we were like, "Yeah, you're just gonna need to read a book and blah blah blah." So off we went on our our bike ride, and we got back, and the uh, the hydro guys were uh, were parked at the end of our street, and they're you know sort of doing a quick wander up, and uh, and um, uh, you know so we're just like, "Hey, glad to see you guys here," and he's like, "Yeah, it should be fixed in a few minutes." It turns out it was a uh you know bird met transformer oh yeah that so, happened so what jam was seeing was not dandelion fluff it was feathers, <laughs> it was, it and, feathers. yeah it oh. was uh you know some who wants turkey <laughs> some bird done got fricasseed <laughs> fricasseed yes indeed what, what's funny is every year this time yeah my my, my friends are much more outdoors than i am they will send pictures on facebook going I am now soaked because I've been caught in the rain. And these aren't yeah. new people to the South. Yeah. These are like natives. I'm like, y'all know better. Y'all yeah. went outside at 4 p.m. Yeah. Yes, it was bright and sunny when you left your house. Yeah, uh, yeah totally. But you should have known better. So <laughs> you, so you basically, what you're better. saying is you get just a little bit later in the day, uh, that Florida rain, you know, like that Florida rain yeah. that happens in the in the summer where it rains. 3 p.m. Uh, on the dot for an hour. Yeah. And then, and then is dry by 4.30. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. There you go. And that's that's just the way it is down here. You you stay your butt inside. That's just it. <laughs> like you say, <laughs> they're not new. What time is your uh, is your usual uh, cloudburst, uh, Travis? Uh, similar to him, we usually have in the afternoonish, but ours is more around four mm. because it's usually it usually pops off or you know, used to when I would leave for work. Uh huh. Right, right before you go walking to your car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get you right then. And then we also had a good chance of it around eight, nine at night. We'd have a quick one too. Yeah. Well, uh, you're, you're on you're on the coast, so you're a little different than than I am. I get the city island heating. Yeah, it's so it's so it's it's worse here. It happens earlier in the day typically here. But you know what, gang? It's science. So, this is this is, is this is the water cycle in rapid action. Welcome to Bill Nycast. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> And now for Anywho. someone who knows all about science and we don't know anything. Exactly. <laughs> Enough of the weather report today. Over to you, Michael. <laughs> He's going to tell us all about sports. No, I'm not going to sport you today. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Hi, everybody. I am uh, Michael Grebois, and this weekend I was Longbox Lad. 
in the yeah. ongoing story of my comic reorganization, um, I finally got all my long boxes moved into the new room so I can put the carpet in the old room. Yay. And I and I had stacks and stacks and stacks of comics um, just loose on the floor, freestanding. And I estimated that I had about 10 of them or so. And so I bought a uh, pack of 20 long boxes from a guy in New York. And that was not enough to put all of the stuff that I have in stacks. So I, uh, I may have a magic spreadsheet, but I am not good at estimating uh, the number of comics in a stack. That, there's got to be a, a mathematical formula for that. Well, my, my mathematical formula <laughs> was take the top off a long box and measure how high up it goes and estimate how much of a long box that stack would fill. But apparently I did either did not measure properly or I had more stacks than I was aware of. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I have too many comics, which we've already, uh, we've already covered that subject. <laughs> Some, somewhere there's someone on the moon saying, wait, he did what? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, what I have to do is um, I've got to put them in boxes so yeah. that I can figure out what I have so that I can inventory them and then start to sell it off. Right. And you mentioned ah. you mentioned about using CLZ, which is, is an excellent program because the scanning is so much a quicker way to uh, to get stuff in. Do you do you have that? Do you, is that what you use? I, I, I do, although mine is you know null and void now. I've really got to kind of start again because oh, okay. I, I I and and here's why. Um, when I did set it up, this was uh, uh, you know uh, God almost ten years ago, and at the time you had two apps. One was the scanning app, and one was the database app. Um, but one of the cool things about it, because I've just gotten rid of so much stuff since then, and I and it's it's really hard to sort of keep track of which ones, um, and I've also added a lot to it since then. But I, um, one of the things is there was a notes field, and so what I did was I numbered the boxes, so that it's like okay, so the this so it's like let's filter for what stuff is in box one. And then you just know where everything is. And so it, it might help you in, in sort of, you know, keeping track of, especially because there's stuff that you want to, that you, that you're wanting to sell and other stuff that you want to keep. And so it just helps you to, to go through and say, all right, now I'm organizing everything. And then at some point I may do a separate box of just the stuff that I want to keep. And then you can take those and move them into, in, you know, into that virtual box. And yeah, from it's amazing. From what program. I understand, from what I understand, I took a quick look through the the help menu, and yeah. I think there's a, a new field where you can put in what box number it is. And see, before it was a notes field, and and again, I'm going back ten years, right? Um, yeah. So they, yeah, I mean, they've definitely taken that sort of feedback from people and uh, and added it. That's amazing. I mean, that's well, plus uh, plus I've got I've got twenty long boxes of comics that are in no particular order. Yeah. Uh, the only order that they're in is these are the comics that I bought the third week in October 2007. 
<laughs> exactly the chronological order. Yeah, exactly. But but th- but this is a great way of once you have them in that database, then you can start mixing and matching and saying, okay, now I can now I can get these organized, at least the ones that you're going to keep, and uh, and maybe organize into runs for the stuff you want to sell. It's uh, it's a it it's it is it's a great program. Uh, yeah, I, I, I when you when you uh, messaged us about about it earlier, it's like, oh yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, I'm anticipating this being a years long project. Yes, although ho- hopefully it, it's going to take a while. Yeah, but but <laughs> don't 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 stop and then leave it for many years because then it's a decades long project. Yeah, that's that's my sin right <laughs> and there. That's that's where I that's where I land. Like, so I would need to go through mine and see. Which stuff did I keep that was in those boxes, and which stuff have I since moved around over the years? And um, so it's almost to a, you know, I may as well just clear it and and start scanning again. And I gotta say, that process is kind of fun, because you know you, yeah. you you sit down, you you grab a box, you you go scanning through it, and it's like, oh, I'll take a look through that one, and it's 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 nice. <laughs> It's it's one of those nice things about about collecting where it's like oh I'd forgotten about this I got to take a look at it and uh, and that, that's 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 kind of one of the in, you know especially when you've been collecting as as long as as we have you know it is um, it's kind of a fun thing to like oh man I used to love this book I haven't read this in forever that's what usually yeah. slows me down is I stop yeah. and I read oh yeah, yeah. but that but uh, and again yeah. that's kind of part of the joy. It is. Yeah, C- it is. C- CLZ has a uh, their new app um, has the barcode scanner built in. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they did that about five years ago, and because uh, I know I, I also use uh, a CLZ for uh, uh, tracking uh, my DVD collection. Okay. And um, yeah, that's it, it's incredibly useful. Yeah, my my problem is going to be going through is like, oh my god, I never knew I had this, or yeah. Oh yeah, because, but I I don't want to sit there and start reading after getting. Uh, I don't want to get sidetracked. Set set because, set up in one empty box that is your reading box. Where it's like the things like, oh, I really want to take a look at that. Set it in there. Them work on box number one, but box you know box. Uh, you know box R is the reading box. At the read then you box. don't have to do it right then <laughs> no g just an n apostrophe Re- the that's right box. reading box reading. that box is for reading <laughs> put it by your bed or your couch or your comfy chair ah, take a drink oh take a drink. take a drink not the comfy chair yes the comfy oh, chair god mm-hmm. that sounds awesome so, michael uh, that's... that's gonna be that's gonna be great that's really gonna get it all together for you yeah, I got to get more long boxes, though. <laughs> That's what I've said. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What? No. Wait, wait, no. what? What? Long what? What? Com- what we- comic hmm? book boxes. What were we talking about again? What? Comic book. Comic oh. boxes. Oh, that. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So that is it for me. Uh, Jim, Jim is yeah. He's on a mission on the planet Ventura. Yes. So, uh... He'll, he'll Talking be, that walking money, baby. He'll be uh, he'll be back <laughs> with us next week. But hey, guys, I got a piece of news that just came in. Ooh, really? What's yes. your news? 
Um, uh, you know, uh, we, we're all fans of Superman and one of yep. the actors from the Superman movie, um, has, uh, has been announced as dead. The uh, Ned Beatty, yeah. Otis from the Superman movies has died at the age of 83. And many will also remember him from deliverance. <laughs> squeal like a pig. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to squeal like a pig. Um, and <laughs> also many of us will remember him from, uh, homicide life on the street. Because uh, he was awesome in that too, but I mean, uh, I mean, he's one of those ubiquitous character actors from the seventies on. Totally, totally. There, there's no way you've not watched anything with him in yeah, it. You, yeah, you've seen it before. Totally. Uh, yeah, and and you know, at one point I I got mixed up because you know, in in Homicide, he was uh, partnered with John Polito, and um, and Polito's uh, character was was killed off in. Uh, in homicide and 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 at the time i thought it was because the actor had died and then he actually showed up then he showed up on modern family and <laughs> died not long after that um oh. and so i was like he keeps dying and uh and so i had mixed up it's like was it baby that died and i checked and he hadn't and uh well that was perhaps the kiss of death for him um but uh, nat- uh Died from natural causes uh, Sunday morning, surrounded by his family and loved ones. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, uh, first film role that gained him lasting notice was Deliverance as one of four Georgia men who go on a harrowing canoe trip. Uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for 1976's Network. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm not going to take it anymore, yeah. although that wasn't his line. But, yeah. It was not. It was not. But, you know, that's that's the, the quote from the movie. Um, totally, yeah. And uh, played the bumbling Otis in 1978's Superman and, I believe, was also, uh, you know, uh, in Superman 2 and was promised uh, perhaps to get Australia. And um, <laughs> it was, was Otisville. Otisville, that's Otisville right, that's right. Inside Australia, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's right. Because Lex had two uh, hench people in that first movie. He had the uh, secretary character, who I forget her name. Valerie Perrine, who played Eve Texmacher. Miss Texmacher! Texmacher, yeah, and then Otis. Exactly. Well, I don't think Otis had a, na- a last name. He's just like Cher. It Otis. was. It was. Yes, absolutely. It was just Otis. Uh, so he was a, uh, once hailed by Daily Variety as the busiest actor in Hollywood. Uh, born and raised in Kentucky, fishing and working on farms, according to the agency, and started as a professional performer at age ten when he earned pocket money singing in gospel quartets in a barbershop. Um, and. And all the children out there may know him as the voice of Lotso from Toy Story 3. Oh, my God. That's Lotso right. has kept so many people up at night. Right? <laughs> um, I've decided with, when my nephew and niece get old enough to see the Toy Story movies, I'm hiding Lotso bears in their house mm. after they see that movie. Just not going to tell them I put them there. I'm just going to leave a Lotso like, up on the top of a bookcase somewhere. So looking he had- down at them as they're... He had long theater stints in Virginia, in Washington, D.C., and on Broadway, and that's where John Borman saw him and selected him to play Bobby Tripp in Deliverance. Other movies he was in include All the President's Men, The Big Easy, uh, and Hear My Song, and more recently The Walker, Charlie Wilson's War, and Shooter. Uh, so uh, so there we have it. Uh, rest in peace, Ned Beatty. Indeed, and, pour one uh, out. And pour, we, maybe we all pour one out in Otisville. For Otis. Yep, in Otisville. Indeed. Um, so other than that, Legion news, folks? 
That was it, I Not believe. That I know. It's very That's quiet. As, that is as close as we get. Because once he ended up in the Fortress of Solitude, and sometimes in other things, <laughs> they've shown flight rings there. So there we go. It's a long stretch, On occasion, folks. on occasion, when they want to tease us, you know. Exactly. Flight. They'll, they'll pop a flight ring somewhere, you know. Breadcrumbs. I'm, I'm still waiting for Young Justice Season 4. It's in pre-production. Any so. day now. Yeah. Um, or it's actually in production now. I think they've done about eight episodes. But they're not going to release it until they're done with the whole thing. So, waiting on that. Because if you remember the season cliffhanger, or the series cliffhanger on the end of Season 3, I haven't The seen Waitress. Season three, no. Yeah, you haven't seen Season 3? No, you should you see not, Season 3. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, the outsider season. It was really good. Really well done. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. It was really well done. I was actually impressed. Which is difficult these days because I'm an old crotchety man. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Shaking your fist at the clouds? Always. Always, Michael. Especially when they're downpouring on top of my friends who are outside. And stupidly. And, and it is <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny that uh that Michael would point out a um, what could be counted as a Simpsons reference because that's oh, an Abe totally. Simpson thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we have uh, the three-eyed fish on the bottom of the cover of this week's issue. <laughs> yeah, no, no trademark uh, infringement there. Is there? <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember if the fish's name was Blinky. I, I think so. Something along those lines, wasn't it? Yeah, so uh, for, um, showed up in the episode uh, Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes on Every Fish, uh, which was season two, episode four of The Simpsons, when Lisa and Bart catch a three-eyed fish in the river by the nuclear power plant, and, um, and state, state nuclear inspectors find numerous safety violations and order Mr. Burns to fi fix them, or they will shut the plant down. Oh, no. Clearly, they fixed them because Simpsons is celebrating its 85th season. Exactly. Right? Season 85, mm -hmm. episode 952. <laughs> I'm probably wrong about that. I remember when that was like cutting edge TV that parents were protesting about. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh, if only, they, if only they had known how bad it would get. Yeah. I, seriously. Seriously. Who could I told? <laughs> you think this is bad wait <laughs> there's more indeed so uh travis why don't you take us into this issue all righty so today we are covering legionnaires number seven under the sea yeah darling it's better down where it's wetter take it no, from me. No, stop it we'll have to pay them no <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand how litigious the route the rat is <laughs> So the art is by Adam Hughes, color by Tom McCraw. On the cover, we have a triad, many different fish, uh, what appears to be Inferno, and a mermaid lady. Kind so, of a Lori Lamaris fake out in a way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, do 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 do. Page well, one. One. Thing, one one thing before we go on, uh, mm -hmm. Tom mentions. Tom Bierbaum mentions here and on the inside that uh, the three different versions or three different bodies of Luarnu all have different personalities, and you can tell which one's which 
by how much coverage the swimsuit has. Uh, totally, the, totally. So the, the bikini one is the party girl, and the one in white that's the most covered up is the most shy and repressed one. And then the one on the left-hand side is the uh, the neutral. Right, in orange, yeah, ish. Nice. All right, page one. So, uh, like many of these beginning, we have some floating heads along the side. Let's cover those first. We have uh, Brainiac, Apparition, Inferno, Triad, It Matter Eater Lad, Shrinking Violet, Ultra Boy, and Andromeda. I'm not sure exactly how they pick that every episode or every issue because you'd think it'd be the characters featured the most in the story, but not always. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. It's It seems fairly rare. You almost wonder if they were kind of going through a list of people and just like, we haven't done this one in a couple of issues, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, these are brand new drawings because we got some Adam Hughes ones this yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you, you'll notice that there is no credits box on here uh the uh, tom Beerbaum says that adam forgot to add room for it <laughs> and so you'll see the credits at the very bottom edge of the next several pages yeah it's weird uh, well it's almost like it's know. almost like in a movie where you know they have them sort of showing up along the bottom of the uh of the screen i'm, I'm just saying more room for boobs because it's adam hughes so fair enough fair <laughs> enough all right uh legionnaires devils in the deep we have the team coming up to what appears to be some giant underwater thing they're at a doorway has locks there locks not 292 through 87 locks 289 through 308 and let's see apparition says yeah this is the atlanta atlanta stone That's the hidden city, sunken city of Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than a Delta hub, kids. <laughs> uh, Tryon said, I've never seen it before. It's gorgeous. And I guess that's Brainy says, few have seen it. By the way, before you turn the page in the bottom right-hand corner, uh, shout out to Jim. This is the anime team Dirty Pair. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. What? You never yeah. seen the Dirty Pair? No. That that is some that is some uh, very very old school anime right there. Okay. Uh, that was like when anime. I remember my first con the so, Dirty Pair were a thing. In so th- this is in between the two Tenzels, the one on the uh, on the page and the one on yes, the sidebar. Uh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the blue, and blue and red. Yeah. I don't know anything about them, but Tom Beerbaum pointed it out. They they are they are sexy women. They're, that's yeah, that, it. That's really they're, cool. they were popular among a lot of artists. Uh, in my big Claremont reread, when there was an issue of Excalibur that very deeply features some analogs of them. Really. During yeah. the cross time caper, yeah they. Uh, but yeah, they. Uh, I remember. Gosh, they were they were in lots of ad, catalog ads, things like that. Yeah. I think Dark Horse reprinted all of their work and did some new work for them. They were but, very big for like cosplayers back in the day. Yeah. yeah. I've never and, actually and read and any myself. Yeah. I uh, haven't read it, to be honest. One other thing before we get into the story, since we uh, since we know we're going to Atlantis, uh, 
the in the DC universe, Atlantis is home to two humanoid species. You have the ones with legs from the city of Poseidonus, like Aquaman, and then you have the ones with a mermaid tail from Tritonus, like Lori Lamaris. And I did not remember that Atlantis was shown to still exist in the 30th century uh, because in Adventure 325, uh, Ultra Boy was seen helping repair Seaquake damage. Huh. But, but that is the only, to the best of my knowledge, the only time Atlantis has been seen in the 30th century. Um, you, were, you may recall uh, Adventure 333, which was the war between Krypton and Atlantis, where the Legionnaires took sides. Right. Um, that was, uh, that ended up, um, Starboy used his power to sink Atlantis. Um, but that was uh, obviously retconned away um, probably even before Peter David's Atlantis Chronicles. Hmm. All righty, let's get going. Next page. The, Atlanta, the Atlanteans never encouraged visitors before Earth was destroyed, but now tourism is one of their only surviving industries. And we're seeing at this time there are little walkways, kind of like in an aquarium where you can walk under the water. Only these are gigantic. Um, and we see mermaids swimming around. And they're continuing to talk. Man, it's a crime they weren't advertising all this beauty before. With that, I must concur heartily. That's Brainy. Uh, Andromeda says, Brainy, you don't look at me like that. Because he's staring at one of the mermaids going by. And Inferno says, yeah, and you don't dress like that either. <sighs> Never change, Inferno. Never change. <laughs> <laughs> he won't. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's him. He's been warned, and he's still on the, the highway. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't have very long. So That's true. That's true. Let him go for his next few months. Uh, one of the mermaids has come up pretty close to the glass. She's staring at Inferno, and he's like, whoa, I think she likes me. Hey, cool, she wants us to follow her. And Andromeda says, Ha, Flamehead's falling in love with a fish. And uh, Tenya says, Inferno and some flounder? Yuck. <laughs> and uh, this, this issue was not heavily influenced by the Little Mermaid at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Andromeda says, I didn't even know you like seafood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little... Uh... Uh, speciesist, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say racist, but speciesist works too. Yeah. You can, you can read into this issue many ways. Yeah. Um, Trihead says you guys, and Dirk's As like, "Lady, freaking embarrassed by them." <laughs> yeah. Dirk says, "Ladies, ladies, jealousy looks lousy on you too." And Laurel's like, "Jealousy," and he says, "See that." She's found us a place to stay, or does that threaten you too? And the mermaid is beckoning them to one of the buildings. And next page, um, we see more of the outside and a mermaid, a little looks like a little boy mermaid going towards a cave. But we've got dialogue coming from where they're going. Let's see, I don't know where the dialogue's speaking right there. Marcel. Okay. Marsala, an adjoining underwater dome, and these two mermaids are very much in the distance. You can't really see them. Newland? Have you seen Newland? 
Where is that boy? I told him he was going to help us prospect today, or else. I swear, doesn't that boy want to eat? And the little boy's going into the cave, thinking to himself, Wow, wicked cave. Better make sure mom and, ma mom and dad don't spot me. They'd freak if they knew I was having this much fun. <laughs> and then we see some type of creature with some little claw-looking hands coming up beside him. And he's, huh? Whoa, what was that? And then we don't hear any more from him. <laughs> and then uh, someone says, did you hear something? Was that a scream? Newland? Where's Newland? And I forgot to point out on the last page at the bottom, uh, it had the credit for the writers, Tom and Mary Beerbaum. And on this page at the bottom has Adam Hughes pencils. <laughs> and I, I looked up uh, Marsala. I'd never heard of that as a, as part of Atlantis. So when I Googled um, Marsala and Atlantis, all I got was um, reviews of the chicken Marsala at the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. Oh, excellent. Oh, How is it? Uh, pretty good, apparently. Oh, nice. Well, That's nice. good to know. Good to know. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Road trip. Yeah. Folks in Atlantis, <laughs> you all owe us some money. <laughs> um, we cut to Triton. Tritonus? Tritana? Triton? Tritonus? I don't know. Let's say Tritonus. Yeah. Uh, we've got two mermaids uh, speaking to the Legionnaires, and behind them is the Legionnaire, the mermaid who brought them to the building. Welcome, welcome to the Green Lotus Inn, Legionnaires, in our humble establishment. Such an honor. Allow me to extend every hospitality. May your stay here be perfect in all ways. If there's anything we can do for you, anything. And Brainy says, a few rooms would suffice for now. And Matter Your Lad says, yeah, and make them the best you got. <laughs> and uh, the head mermaid says, absolutely, this way, please. Just follow my lovely daughter, Kiki. Or is it Kiki? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, Apparition says, oh, Joe, this is going to be so nice. And uh, I'm going with Kiki. Your, she says, your rooms are this way. Uh, your rooms are in this wing. I hope you like them. And Dirk says, Kiki, that's really a pretty name. Fits you perfectly. And she's, thank you, Inferno. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and Inferno says, see you soon, I hope. She just laid her eggs right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get the ink credit, Mark Farmer. And later, and we see the Legionnaires have changed into their swimsuits. Again, Mark Farmer, so speaking of uh, Excalibur. Um. <laughs> yes, and he's he went on to ink many Legion uh, covers with Alan Davis. Absolutely. And he wrote the Superboy's Legionnaire Elseworlds story. Yeah. Farmer is a big Legion fan. Nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, did he write that? I don't remember yes. that. Yes. Oh. Um... So the Legionnaires are in the swimsuits and Brainy says, has anyone seen Laurel? And they're like, um, um, and Joe and Tenya turn and Joe says, Andromeda? Tenya says, oh, wow, Andy, I love it. Brainy's going to have a, and Laurel says, have a what? Brainy goes, Laurel, you can't, you wouldn't not like that. And she's got on a little beady bikini with uh, She's got on seashell pasties. And yeah, seashells on her boobs. Straight out of Little Mermaid. And, and now we know why Adam Hughes was, like, selected to draw yeah, this Right? 
Oh yeah, they're like, wait, draw people looking sexy. Who do we get? Yeah, if only we had and, someone who knew how to do that sort of thing. <laughs> and Tenya calling her Andy. I think that's the first time we've ever seen that. I think it's the last time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that's a, not a nickname <laughs> that stick around. Way to go, Fanty. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of those for sure. <laughs> Sometimes these nicknames do not work. Yeah. Uh, Luarno says, I could hear his eyes pop from here. And I think that's Violet. Yeah, uh, Violet. She, yep. She's whispering, yeah, I, th- I think they're having a fight. And Andromeda says, so wait, it's okay for you to drool over other women dressed like this, but not okay for me to dress like this? And Brainy's like, no, 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 it's just that, well, everyone will stare, Laurel. And she says, duh, you figured it out. I guess you are a genius after all. Uh-huh. I'd like, like to point out just a piece of mechanics here. Brainy's wearing a white bikini himself. And white yes. to make things look bigger, just saying. And, and when it gets wet, the green skin will show through. Pretty much, yeah. Unless something, <laughs> that's going to be triple lined. <laughs> so uh, she goes storming off, and he's hanging his head. And uh, Violet says, aren't those suits expensive? I mean, this whole place looks expensive. C- can we really afford to stay here? And Lornu says, well, I just assume we wouldn't have to pay. And Inferno says, pay us? No way. People line up to perk us. We're stars. And well, letters. Uh, got literally a fire crotch. Literally. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> some of them combine their costumes with their uh, suits. Not all of them. Uh, we got the lettering credit, Pat Brasso. Mm-hmm. Now, let's keep in mind that around this time is when we were starting to get the uh, uh, swimsuit issues for uh, from Marvel, know. right? Yeah. yeah, and and there was was there a DC one? I don't know. There was definitely a Marvel one. So. No, Marvel was on top of that, like dead and, on. Elf and generally stuff. speaking, if you had someone drawing it, yes, again, it was Adam Hughes. Pretty much, yeah. There were uh, swimsuit issues for Amazing Heroes, which had DC Heroes in them, though. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's that's the only one that I can think of is the Amazing Heroes. There was definitely then, a Marvel one as well. And could, maybe, you, could, maybe, you, could you imagine a Larflees swimsuit special? Yeah. <laughs> one I think, page, uh, only Larflees. I think the Amazing Heroes, I don't know how much Legion they featured, but I know they had Legion of Super Pets in one of the swimsuit specials. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. Ty Templeton did the... Uh, yeah, Ty Templeton did, did that. Of course he did. He did, the, yeah, he did the subs one issue. Yeah, nice. the subs were in it. Yeah. Um, anywho, shortly, and we have a sign that looks like it says Aqua Scooters. And the Legionnaires are going up there. Looks like Inferno says, oh, come on, you boy. Sorry, Inferno. Tinya and I are going to take some private time. Boom, chicka, bow, bow, chicka, bow. <laughs> and of course, that doesn't affect Matter Eater Lad, who says, yoo-hoo, Mr. Inferno, if you want a jousting partner, I'm available. That's, and... not, a, that's not a euphemism, though. <laughs> <laughs> are we sure? Yes, as, as you can see later in the on the page. <laughs> Dirk says, oh, perfect. This will be so cool. But I'll need a fair damsel to defend. How about it, Triad? And, by the way, she split up at the moment. And, uh, no, 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 she splits up right then. And she says, um, yes, I mean, no, I mean, isn't it kind of risky? 
And he says, well, then triplicate and we'll only risk one of you. And now, that's where the swimsuit special. I mean, the swimsuit split on, up then. <laughs> First of all, you call her damsel. And then you say, well, we'll only risk one of you. Where's Computer? <laughs> You're just setting it up right there in that panel. I do like how he did design the combined suit that splits up, though. It's got the yes. three different colors on the combined suit and then splits up into the three separate ones. Yeah. All different style. That is pretty neat. Um, anyway, uh, the Luorna who goes with him, of course, is the most risque one. She says, hey, that's cool with me. Sis is the drip. I'm not afraid of getting wet. Oh and <laughs> so many things in this issue. So many things. So uh, the shy one is like, is she going to get hurt? And the other one says, oh, yes. Uh, Battery Lad says, see that? I need a damsel to put in distress, too. Or that dress. Or any old dress. And uh, Violet says, oh, hey, hey, not me. I, I have to go to the bath. And he goes, come on, activate your trans suit and telepathic pl uh, plug, and we're in business. And she says, but, but, but how much do these things cost? I don't know why she's so worried about the money. Uh, they and made her a worrier, period, in this issue. So. Yeah. And so she's holding on for dear life with Matter Your Lad. And he says, huh? They're free when you're a legionnaire. And we see Dirk taking off with his Luornu, and she's faster, faster. And he's like, you got it. <laughs> and he's got his little pink foam jousting stick. And we get the coloring credit on this one, Tom McCraw. Next page, we see soon. And Dirk has knocked off Violet and Matter Eater Lad. And he says, uh, Luornu's, aha. Dirk says, that's three in a row, chumps. We win. And then we see uh, Mattery Lad and Violet have sunk to the floor and the fish are swimming away. And they're laughing. They're having a good time. And Violet says, oh, Tinsel, it's so nice to just have fun with a guy. Just be friends and try not to make something more out of it. And he's like, just friends. Arr. And we see Dirk off in the background saying, eat sea sludge, losers. Uh, totally friend-zoned. Oh, yeah. And this ish, this page, we get the assistant editor credits of Eddie Braganza and Mike McAvaney. Next page. We're checking out with uh, three Lornus. And one says, I guess we're lucky, sis. Last time you listened to Inferno, we couldn't sit down again for a month. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other one says, D don't bring that up again. And the third one says, hey, the skin grew back, didn't it? Oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Tenya says, God, I love you guys. And here comes uh, Kiki the mermaid. She's swimming by. And she says, I hope you enjoyed the aqua scoots. And Dirk says, yeah, they were fun, Kiki. She says, you and your girlfriend did very well. And he says, girlfriend? Triad? Oh, no. She's a friend, that's all. And Kiki's like, oh. And she swims up to him, and Dirk goes into full Dirk mode. So, uh, Kiki, would you like to maybe show me the sights around here? And she says, me? Seriously? Why not? Um, if Papa says it's okay. And Papa's there, and he says, are you kidding? Go, have fun. She says, I'll take that as a yes. He says, have a wonderful time, kids. We will. 
He says, my daughter and a legionnaire. At last, my fortunes are looking up. And the credits for this one are Flipper, Casey Carlson. (laughs) (laughs) Faster than lightning. Uh, Soon in the Marsala Dome, I've I've heard it's wonderful. Check it out next time you're out to eat. Uh, Kiki says, come on, Inferno, check this out. It's my favorite grotto. But all of a sudden, splam, whoosh. And Dirk says, huh, blaster fire. And Kiki's been uh, knocked unconscious, looks like. Oh. And uh, Dirk says, what's that screwball doing? And we look over there, and we see a soldier. And looks like our old pal Devilfish, but we haven't met him uh, in quite some time. And these legionnaires don't know him. And is it actually Devilfish or one of his species? We don't know yet. But either way, he's not happy. And he's been shot at by uh, this Atlantean who has a pi- some type of laser pistol. And he says, it's one of them, a devil fish. Don't move, pal, or this time I won't miss. And Inferno says, you're not going to get the chance, moron. No way you should be packing that kind of firepower. And he says, hey, that's my gun, because Dirk's melted it. Was devil fish before or after they would have been uh, cloned? Oh, way after. Way after. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, he uh, devil fish first and only appeared in Superboy 202 who was the uh, probably the last of the Legion creations by Dave Cockrum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found a, an interesting tidbit about this. Uh, in the early 70s, Dave Cockrum created an intelligent amphibious ocean creature and pitched it to both Marvel and DC at the same time. Marvel bought the concept first, and the character was named Manphibian. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave Cockrum or Cockrum learned that DC also wanted to include the character in an upcoming Superboy story. After Dave alerted DC to the situation, the Manphibian character was re- reworked as Devilfish. So we mm. we have not seen him since ni- 1975. I'm definitely familiar with Manphibian, but I did not know that bit of trivia. Thank you, Michael. I well, did there, not know that either. <laughs> There's one more devil fish kind of trivia, but it's Justice League Unlimited related. They had a an analog of Black Manta on that show, and they called him Devil Fish. Sometimes he's referred to as Devil Ray for some reason. It's kind of weird, but uh, they couldn't call the, the character Black Manta because that was when they were piloting around the Aquaman series that did not get picked up. And so all the Aquaman's villains were shunted off to uh, that series as hold these characters in reserve so oh yeah that was more dumbness yeah <laughs> lots of dumbness on that one yeah it's like why are they calling this guy devilfish it's black manta but yeah you know hmm. more more clever wb going on there you know <sighs> aren't they always always uh, okay um so the Atlantean soldier says good going you blonde freak now that thing is getting away why, why is he blonde? I thought he had red hair. Uh, Inferno says, man, you're psycho, mister. I don't know what this is all about, but I'm going to find out. And uh, we cut to the headquarters of Science Police Tritonus. So that, that is a mermaid science police officer. Mm-hmm. Oh, many citizens of Tritonus carry firearms. That's just the way it is. And um, Inferno says, since when? Since the devilfish attack started. Our recent integration into human society has brought us human profiteers, gun dealers. They saw their opportunity when the devilfish panic started. 
And Dirk says, well, how come I never heard of these devil fish attacks before? And the officer says, because consultants to our government suggested we keep things quiet so as not to discourage tourism. It's kind of like the whole Jaws thing. Yeah, yeah it's Amity <laughs> all over again, kids. <laughs> and uh, Inferno says, consultants? Wild guess. Human consultants? She said, how'd you know? Human so we cut man. back to the Marsala Dome, and we have Atlantic Park. <laughs> that yeah. font looks very familiar. Yeah, looking at that and thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's just so so much Jurassic in similarity. Uh, <laughs> nice. I, I like the little white whale beside it though. Uh, a little beluga. He's so cute. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the Legionnaires are talking here. Wow, cool. This is just what the MD ordered to get us to decompress. Yeah, that rumble with the Fatal Five is starting to seem like a million years ago. Actually, it was just last issue. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, Violet, over here. And Violet's swimming up. What? It's uh, She's swimming up the triad. And they said, there's room for one more of the caravan of extinct species. I want to ride the beluga whale. Come on. And Violet's giggling. She says, okay. And Matteriolette's like, yo, Vi, how about we try something else? And she says, like, what? Oh, I don't know. Whoa, get a load of Joe and Tinya. Wow. And they're they're having smoochy time. They, they have bubbles in the shape of hearts. It's so Aww. adorable. <laughs> so sweet. Um, Matterly says, and check that out. And she says, oh, they're making up. That's so sweet. And this brainy and Andromeda. He says, kind of looks like fun, doesn't it? Want to try it? Oh, and no. Oh, yeah, no, no. Violet said no to this. <laughs> Violet says, "Tinsel, please. I like you a lot, but I already have a boyfriend. I don't get to see him very often, but it w it wouldn't be right to do anything behind his back." And he goes, "Ah, yes, the old long distance boyfriend. There's a lot of that going around." And all of a sudden, well, here comes the devil fish. Who's uh, who's Tenzel talking about when he said there's a lot of that going around with a long distance boyfriend? Ooh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, obviously, it's I, probably I think... what a lot of the other girls he hits on tell him. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, what I was yeah, saying. But, yeah. but she's she's got to be for her long distance boyfriend. She's got to be talking about uh, Devlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Ord <laughs> or Quaalude. No, no, no. no. Uh, and suddenly, uh, one of the devilfish pops up, hissing, and uh, Tinsel's like, "Yipe! A devilfish! Fire! Fire! What's happening?" As there, more of the guards are shooting at him. Actually, I don't know if they're—I don't think they're really guards. They're just Atlantean citizens with guns. <laughs> um, well, that'll make things better. That is great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to America. Uh, there's more of them. Get them. And they're still shooting. There's a couple of devilfish now. And Tinsel's trying to avoid being shot. And he's like, stop firing, you stupid sea monkey. Stop it. And he comes up and he bites uh, bites one of the guns right out of the Atlantean's hand and starts eating the entire thing. I fed. Stop firing. That's awesome. <laughs> he's Especially the whole the, gun. The sea monkey's reference in a comic book is always welcome. Always. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Andromeda uses some heat vision, and she says, man, these fishtails just don't get it. Maybe a little flash vision will do some persuading. Oh, now she's got flash vision now. Okay. Yeah, you it can't be heat vision right now. Anything else. Right. 
Uh, so you hear Lanyon's yelling. Man, Mergens might get upset. Lanyon's <laughs> <laughs> are yelling, my guns! She's melting them all. Uh, but some of them are still firing. Violet's trying to avoid getting shot. Ah, oh, geez. And we see some crabs. Uh, I crabs and paradise. <laughs> and yes, I need both kinds of crabs. <laughs> Uh, um, Violet's thinking that was close. Oh my gosh, a nest of those things, and she sees a cave full of this, uh, full of them, and it looks like a little baby one too. They're everywhere, and uh, tr here's Triad. Look at them all. What do we do? Don't worry about the creatures. Split up and disarm the Atlanteans. You boy and Laurel can take the devilfish. And, and is you boy that much of a? Shortening of his name. I mean, you're cutting out one syllable. I, I don't know. Uh, they're just trying to be, you know. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. They're, they're trying they're all trying these nicknames. Hip, you know, like the kids say. Yeah, I, I think they're just trying to differentiate this Legion from the original Legion more. Yeah, you know, probably. Ultra Boy didn't have a nickname, so now he's getting a nickname. So they're hip and contemporary. You know it, Daddy. Right. It's the '90s, baby. Greetings, go -go fellow kids. On the front of this comic, you know. <laughs> So uh, Joe punches one of the double fish, and he says, whatever they are, these guppies are hostile. And Laurel says, wait a bus, Joe. And Brainy's off to the side. He's like, this is odd. These creatures seem to be. But whoop, one of them grabs him from behind. And um, Laurel's knocking out another one. Actually, a few of them. She goes, three against one, my kind of odds. The shy Lorne who is like, she's I hate this. Someone's going to get splattered. The Atlanteans, there's still some shooting. One of them says, there's one. I got him. I got him. And instead he hits Lorne who. And the other two are like, sis, he got sis. And then sweet Trinity, no, because one of the devil fishes come up and grabs the uh, shy Lorne who got shot. And she goes, size. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, stop him. And they proceed to start beating the crap out of that devilfish. Yeah, because and... they, they were once again teasing the whole fact that Triad's going to be duo in a minute. Any any moment now, that's going to happen. You know. But no. Um, and then we get someone yelling in uh, some other language that is not Interlac. Um, and both the Lurnos stop what they're doing. They're like, what? And the devilfish is like, ooh, holding his head. And it's Brainy speaking this other language. And Tenzel's like, I don't think that boy's elevator is going to the 12th level anymore. And Brainy says, I was speaking in the devilfish language, which I've managed to master. Cypher much? Hmm. Um, and he says, I've ordered them to cease their attacks. <clears throat> and one of the Atlanteans is like, you see that? The blonde malform is one of them. He's siding with that pack of killers. Tenya says, hey, pal, put a handful of kelp in it, or I will. And Brady says, actually, these devilfish are highly intelligent. Their language alone is fascinating. The use of infinitives is, in fact, reminiscent of, and Laurel puts her hand on the shoulder, uh, Brainy. Yes, Laurel, you're wondering. And he goes, oh, uh, sorry. Uh -huh. It seems um, that this species sought out Earth a few centuries back. Unique pollutants here made Earth one of the few worlds they could colonize. But when contact with the natives went poorly, the devilfish chose to keep their presence on Earth a secret. Uh, next page. 
He says, when the Great War broke out, Earth was destroyed. And Joe and his devil fish have stopped punching each other long enough to watch Brainy, who started projecting a little hollow screen showing the uh, past events. And he says, the devil fish were wiped out, except for those few who happened to be in the two underwater domes that escaped the destruction. They never knew what was happening. They could only assume that the Elanians intentionally caused the destruction that decimated the devilfish population. And one of the Atlanteans says, then they've been practically wiped out, and they thought we did it. Uh, Tanya says, sweet mistress. And Brainy continues, yes, small wonder the devilfish have been attacking vengefully. But they understand now what happened, that nobody could have stopped the death and destruction. The devilfish regret their hostility. They're willing to try to live together in peace, if you Atlanteans are. And we cut away to a secluded location in the Green Lotus Inn, where Kiki and Dirk are getting to know each other better. She says, oh, Dirk, I'm going to miss you. And he says, don't worry, Kiki. Kiki, I'll be back. I promise. Yeah, right. Uh, and all these promises he doesn't intend to keep. Kiki's going to show up at Legion headquarters in like nine-ish months with a whole bunch of tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the lobby. Uh, Legionnaires are getting changed back to the regular costumes. Tenya says, time to go. Where's Inferno? Ultra Boy says, three guesses. Oh. And uh, the head of the hotel says, oh, you're you're leaving? And Andromeda says, yeah, I'm sure Inferno will catch up with us. See ya. And Lorna says, yeah, thanks a million. It was great. And he says, our pleasure. Please come again. And uh, Violet's looking back kind of regretfully. And we have kind of a large space there of whiteness in between the two. Odd uh, little choice. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's just that moment of, wait a minute, something's not right there. Yeah. Us, you know. So shortly on the outskirts of Tritonus, we've got Joe and Tenya talking. Tenya says, this was so cool. We haven't had this much fun since that time we, <clears throat> and Joe says, yeah, that time. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and she says, man, Tritonus is the best. And uh, Mattery Lad says, yeah, enjoy it while you can. It ain't going to last. Dirk says, that's for sure. Tenya says, what do you mean? Mattery Lad says, I mean, exploitation by the outside galaxy. Look at all the guns, all the tourism. If the natives don't wise up and learn how to deal with outsiders, this place is really going to turn into a pit. And Luernu says, phew, the load always feels heavier on the way back, doesn't it? She's carrying her bag. And she's checking on Violet, who still looks pretty worried. She says, hey, Earth the Violet, you there? Something wrong? And she says, uh, I don't know. I just thought, well, I think we were supposed to pay for everything back at the end. And Laurel says, huh? No way. That's impossible. The guy would have said something. He would have at least looked at us funny. And Violet says, but I saw him. He did. And Laurel goes, oh, hey, you guys. We got to go back. We got to find out if we're supposed to pay. And also, she yelled so loudly, she knocked over the other Legionnaires. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even messed up some hair. Uh, then uh, they say, what? She's lost a cylinder. Legionnaires ride for free, babe. Can you guess who said that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she says, well, then, how about if you guys go back and make sure? And Mattery Led says, hey, I'm not going back. Are you going back? And Dirk says, I'm not going back. Laurel says, I... Laurel kind of sings it, I think. You are. Dirk says, how come? 
because Cam will dock you a mounts duty allowance if you come back without your flight ring. And he looks, and it's gone. And he goes, oh, Fudd. Uh, I kind of like that. The Elmer Fudd's name has become a curse word. (laughs) Uh, So they're walking back. Uh, It's Tenzel and Dirk. And Tenzel's like, why did I have to come along? I didn't forget my flight ring. Dirk says, yeah, but you were the one who ate about 2,000 credits worth of. And then we hear Sniff. And Dirk says, hold it, man. Kiki? And she's off in a dark corner there. And she's sniffing. She's upset. He goes, Kiki, what's the matter, babe? She goes, Inferno. Oh, lords. Well, what's wrong? Papa, he, he's lost the inn. We're being closed down. Dirk says, no way. What happened? She says, we were behind on a payment. Papa thought we could make it all make it with all the credits you guys were spending, but then when he saw you thought everything was for free, he he couldn't shame you by asking for payment. Mm-hmm. And so Tenzel looks all ashamed. He's oh boy. Dirk says, uh, I, "I guess we know what we got to do." And Tenzel says, "What?" And later we see Fortress Lad. Um, Legionnaires are back in headquarters, and Tenzel says, so if everyone pitches in another 500 credits, we're all even. Tenya says, I thought we paid our share. And Lurnu and Violet are up top, whispering, it looks like the big spenders have a little problem. Violet's giggling. Uh, Dirk says, come on, you boy, produce. Tenzel (laughs) says, yeah, Inferno and me paid out big time. You got to back us up on this. It sounds like one of Michael's trips to Vegas all of a sudden, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe says, well, I guess you're right. And Tenya says, like heck they are. You're not going to give them another cred. And <laughs> Dirk and Tenzel, and Tenzel were like, what? And Tenzel's sunglasses fly off. He's in such shock. And Tenya says, none of us are. You boys spent more than us, so you get to pay more. Joe says, sorry, guys. Dirk's like, but, 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 but. And Tenya says, hey, don't worry. I'm sure Cam will lend you all the cash and just take it out of your duty allowance for Ooh. about the next two years. And all the legionnaires are laughing at him. Uh, Lorna says, so come on, Shyvi. What do you really think of Tens? And she goes, well, he is kind of cute, isn't he? And that's the end. Oh, there we go. There you go. A nice little day in the life. It kind of actually reminded me of, at, at the very end, the uh, Booster Beetle cooey 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 Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And it there. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, what did uh, what what did Tom have to say about this issue? So as, as far as continuity, um, where this one fits, um, it takes place just a few days after the annual... Mm. Uh, which we'll get to hopefully next week. Um, Tom says, I've been looking forward to discussing this issue, the Legionnaires Atlanta story, which was a real favorite and is certainly an issue that has some interesting anecdotes behind it. It was great to work with Adam Hughes, though let me make it clear that we also couldn't have been more thrilled throughout our Legionnaires issues benefiting from the brilliant pencils of Chris Sprouse. We certainly enjoyed the best of both worlds, having Chris as our regular artist and Adam doing some fill-in work. Anyone who looks at the beautiful and meticulous work that Chris did can understand it was a challenge for him to keep the book on a monthly schedule. And by the time we wrapped up the Fatal Five storyline, we were in a position 
where we could use a fill-in. And it turned out that Adam Hughes had shown some interest in the series and talked with our editor, Casey Carlson, about doing such a fill-in. We were thrilled to have the chance to work with one of the biggest stars in the business. And when Casey suggested that we get on the phone with Adam and get an idea of what he'd be interested in doing, we were quick to agree. I should make it clear, Adam wasn't the one who came up with the swimsuit issue approach. If anything, he said he was kind of hoping to break out of that bit of type <laughs> But I, I think I, I think he does protest too much. <laughs> but I think Casey saw some promotional opportunity and a chance to showcase one of the things Adam truly did best by putting the teams in swimsuits. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who came up with the idea to set the story on in an Atlantis dome, but it certainly got our heroes into swimsuits, so it seemed like a good fit. On the phone, I think we what we came up with was for Adam to mention the characters he was most interested in doing. The first one he mentioned was Shrinking Violet, whom he saw as a shy presence who insightfully observed a lot of the things that the more outgoing Legionnaires might be missing. He also mentioned liking Andromeda as a rather, rather passionate, somewhat headstrong, but very principled hero. I'm forgetting what additional characters you might have mentioned, but as you look at this issue, you can probably see how those little character bits he suggested were pretty key building blocks for the story we came up with. After that phone call, Mary and I did some brainstorming based on what Adam had suggested, and I think she was the one who came up with the idea of doing Atlantis as a kind of isolationist society that was being exploited by a tourist trade, a story idea she'd gotten during our many drives between Erie, Pennsylvania, and Dover, Delaware, that took us through Pennsylvania Dutch country. We'd become aware of the degree to which the Amish community really wanted to be left alone, but had become the center of a tourism industry and were being increasingly exploited in the media, and that struck Mary as interesting fodder for a story. I'm sure I was the one who wanted to work in Dave Cockrum's Devilfish, a mysterious character that showed up for a single, somewhat gimmicky, (coughs) Bates Cockrum story during that brief, wonderful stretch of Cockrum Illustrated stories back in 71 and 73. That seemed like a nice piece of Legion lore that had never been picked up on, while also being an element that could add some conflict to the story. And combining that thread with the general theme of exploitation made this a good story for us to get on a bit of a soapbox about firearms and how commercial interests can enrich themselves by arming a frightened populace. Mm -hmm. I also had the idea of adapting something that once happened to me and some of my friends in real life uh, many years earlier, was that a big group of us thought we had been underbilled at a restaurant and had the waiter add up the bill a second time. And when it still appeared we'd been undercharged, some of us sent, some of us felt we should send the bill back again, but others rather forcefully took charge and said it was the restaurant's own tough luck if they couldn't add up a single bill. As luck would have it, the restaurant figured out its mistake just in time to rush out into the parking lot and catch the very people <laughs> who insisted we exit. And those guys were the ones who ended up paying the difference and having to try and get compensated for it by the rest of us back at the office. It struck me as a funny example of the kind of instant karma people finding out very quickly how pursuing your self-interest can quickly backfire while doing the right thing can be its own reward. Mm-hmm. After suggesting that we had that kind of twist to the storyline, I quickly decided it would be too much to try and cram it in to an already complicated issue, but Mary liked the idea and was pretty insistent that we keep it in the plot, 
So I took a deep breath and figured we'd find a way to work it all in. I think we put all these thoughts down on paper and gave Casey and Adam a chance to go over it. And when everybody seemed pretty happy, we got going on the plot itself. Adam starts the issue with a nice cover that manages to be legion-y with no costumes by showing Triad and her three incarnations, which gives us the chance to throw to, the, to show off their personalities to their different <coughs> swimsuits. The white Lou in a very conservative one-piece, the orange Lou in a sexier one-piece, and the bad girl purple Lou in a tiny bikini. Uh, this, uh, the... Um, the one thing Adam neglected to include on a splash page was space for the credits. Go ahead, try to find a spot on that page that has enough room for a decent-sized credit box without covering up gorgeous art. So in what might be an industry first, the credits run along the bottoms of the next several pages. Uh, talking about Kiki, uh, Laurel and Tinya rib Dirk about liking seafood, a scene that brought a little criticism that we were depicting bigotry against the Atlanteans. I can kind of see how if there were Atlanteans in the real world, these remarks would probably be the kind of thing they would take offense to. But in the fictitious context where there are no real slurs of real Atlanteans, we intended it just as an example of how the girls like to give Tomcat Dirk a hard time as he pursued his conquests. Mm. And I tried to play a little on Tinya's beneath-the-surface squeamishness and suggest she's a little prone to seeing some sexual combinations as being a little creepy, and that, discover, uh, and that discomfort motives little jokes that aren't really all that funny. Not the most flattering character trait we could have given Apparition, but it, to me it rings true in, uh, in terms of what I've seen in some Tinya types. Uh, back in the Tritonus Dome, Kiki has led the Legionnaires to an inner parents run, which I dumb, dubbed the Green Lotus Inn, a reference to the famous Lotus racing cars that used to be painted British racing green. Remember, yeah. remember, Tom is a big uh, racing fan. Mm -hmm. uh, the gang changes into their swimsuits and Laurel, remembering Brainy slobbering over Kiki's <laughs> seashell bikini top, has gotten one of those skimpy outfits herself, which freaks out Brainy. Adam's depiction of Lou and Violet's reactions to this fight are priceless. Lou trying to contain her amusement, and Violet scared to see the, f the start of a big fight between two of her friends. Um, let's see. Um, so towards the end, the team gets a big laugh at Dirk and Tenzel's expense, and the expression Adam gave Tenya makes it clear she thoroughly enjoys lowering the boom. You get the idea she's been patient, patiently waiting for this kind of moment ever since Dirk was so rude a few issues earlier to failed applicant Sarah Kesh. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed writing this fun story that brought out the characters as I've seen them with all sorts of little subtleties to how they interacted with each other. As was always the case with Chris Sprouse, Adam gave the characters such genuine, expressive faces that the readers could always tell what the characters were feeling and that takes a lot of pressure off the dialogue, allowing it to be more natural and understated. Adam really went above and beyond the Call of Duty on this one, making the complicated idea of an underwater city that's accessible to air breathers believable and pretty simply communicated. He found a way to cleanly illustrate the many things going on in the tale and brought all the conflicts and emotion in the story to life beautifully. Um... He says that uh, his Tinya in particular 
captures the way that I view that character probably the best of any artist who's ever taken her on. His tenure almost subconsciously runs the whole show with little more than just strength of character and an occasional pointed comment. The story also captures for me her relationship with Joe, where they are both very comfortable with Tinya in charge, especially so Joe can use Tinya as the reason to bail out of the guy's more harebrained scheme. Tinya says no, so what can I do? If the other guys think Joe is a wimp for letting his girlfriend seemingly call the shots, they're not willing to say so to his face. And time, he'll pound them. <laughs> longtime readers will understand that Joe isn't dense or a wimp in the slightest, but is very good at making people underestimate him along those lines and has lots of motivation to do so. Um, I also like what we were able to do with a personal favorite, Lou Triad, in this issue. To me, she's sexy as hell, and we certainly got the chance to display her differing personalities. Uh, her main personality, the Orange Lou, comes across to me as a nice, dedicated, fun girl next door. I think Cockrum's visuals were inspired by Mary Tyler Moore, and I do think of the main Lou as kind of a Laura Petrie, <coughs> Mary Richards kind of person. So there's, uh, a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Rob and Laura Petrie coming up in uh, I- around this era. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, says, I I also thought this issue, or I thought this issue also gave us a chance to show our version of Dirk Inferno who could be a jerk, but was also one of the smartest and most accomplished legionnaires and the one who most quickly understood how Atlantis was being exploited and how wrong it was. We never wrote him as just the team's token jerk. He was about 85% the perfect legionnaire, but that remaining 15% was a pretty potent mix of frat boy privilege. And that is what Tom has to say. Mm -hmm. Nice. It was also nice to see the Legionnaires without any of the founders around. We're missing the 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 trio of Lightning Lad, Kaz, and Saturn Girl here. So oh, good point, yeah. Because I th- I think each of them has been in the issue so far up to this point. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I this feels like it's the first one where we haven't had them at all. Yeah, like even if they're just in the background for a frame or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting day in the life story. I don't think it's the most exciting Legion tale for sure. I mean, no, but but it's not. It's, it's a not nice meant kind of, to be. It's a yeah. nice kind of breather for them to have after a big story. Yeah, and, and, and they, he, like they he mentioned, to... it's a, he mentioned it's a fill-in, and then um, you know, next issue we we pick up something else. But this was uh, you know for Chris Sprouse to to catch his breath and Absolutely. get back on tra- on schedule. Yep. Absolutely, and it works. It gives us a moment to uh, to get a, a an under, an understanding of the you know of some of the other characters and just seeing what legionnaires do with their time off, right? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, don't you mean how they did back then? Well, yeah, but you know, it is just it is just nice to uh, <clears throat> you know, it's one of the things I find. Um, missing out of a lot of uh, a, a lot of comics is is there's never any downtime. Mm. And so it makes it harder to identify with the characters because you don't see them taking a bit of downtime and doing just something. Um 
you know, instead everything's like, oh, it's a huge battle we're we're dealing with, and now now it's another huge battle, and oh my gosh, look at that, a huge battle, and um, you know, it's where you get a lot of uh, a lot of comics that don't develop their supporting cast and that sort of uh-huh. thing. And in this case, the Legion is its own supporting cast, right? Because there's the way that they react to each other, and uh, and it's that way of having you know, other characters interact and, um, you know, having, you know, Vi and Tenzel react, for example, and, and just seeing, seeing what happens with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's kind of nice to see because you don't, in the heat of battle, you don't get that kind of moment. And, um, yeah, that's true. You know, we used to get this in, in you know, in, in the Levitt's run, we used to get this a lot. Right, there'd be there'd be the thing that they're going to, and then there would be the uh, the the issue where it's like you know what do you do on the day after Doomsday, or it's a uh, uh-huh. um, you know Block and uh, Timberwolf watching hollow tapes and learning about Green Lanterns, and uh, and it's it's things that give you actual you know genuine character moments for the guys playing D and D exactly uh-huh. exactly yeah. and it's 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 where we where we see you know how they how they interact with each other when they're not in in a battle and uh, and so so it it's it uh, to me it's it's nice to see it's it's a great breather for the artist i think it's a good breather for the reader too well yeah you you, you need to have a moment yeah when dealing with the things that especially after a big multi issue Epic kind of a exactly. thing. Exactly, and keep in right. mind, this was the book that they were targeting to uh, to new readers, as uh-huh. well as to uh, to people who just wanted uh, you know old school Legion, right? And we yep. just had a five parter with a Fatal Five, so exactly. yeah, it's time to it's it's time to take a breath. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the only other thing I think I would have liked in this. Um, not just the uh, Fatal Five, but I would love for them to have dedicated a page just to do. I know they already did the Legion intros yeah. back in the uh, the first issue, but they really should have kept that going with the villains as they kind of appeared, or the other cast members, like you know, as they were coming up in the series, like Sean being the SP chief, or R.J. Brand may have stopped by, or you know anybody mm-hmm. who's like significant to the history of the book. Yeah, just showing up, you know, just to give them the heads up because the the new readers don't know the Persuader's been around for thirty years at that point. Sure, sure. You know, I, so. I, and I wonder, I I wonder if part of not doing that was the idea. Um, maybe, maybe you know, for you know, hey, it's new to you know, if you haven't read them before, they're new to you. Um, That's true. That's true. They are because at the time they uh, DC didn't have collections to be flogging. Um, no, they just had those dreaded dollar bins at cons. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where where is RJ at this point, Michael? Where is he? Yeah, have we seen? Where it's been is the universe? Is RJ Brand? Uh, no, remember he? Um, uh, I think after Cam got him back from uh, uh, from being kidnapped after finding kid quantum. Yeah. I think he went off to, uh, go recreate earth or, or kind of make, make right. his, uh, make a new know, earth. Yeah. Move his, make his star building business to a planet making building. Business. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I don't think we've seen him since then. No, no, we haven't. And, um, I, I, 
I, I knew it had been around um, around Kid Quantum era, uh, but I couldn't remember exactly where he'd ended up. So, um, but but yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be interesting for him to show up and and see, you know, the Legionnaires young again? Like, yeah, you the know, young, the young kids. Yeah, like, what? yeah. It's a, I, I, that I, that may be a missed opportunity here. Um, to not give him the chance to like, oh my god, take this takes me back. Well, for like another what twenty issues, maybe. Not even. No. Okay. Yeah, it's not that long. Okay. Yeah, the, the uh, DC DCU guide says that uh, issue thirty or Legion number thirty three was his uh, last appearance prior to, to where we are now. Okay. Mm. And then yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll show up in a little while, but, but yeah. that's where he is right now. Right. Yeah. Cause we're only 10 issues away from end of an era. Wow. Just 10. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got three books so, to yeah. three books to cover. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm talking about Legionnaire stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, I, I had forgotten about Valor entirely. What? Yeah, yeah even, exactly. Yada, even, yada, after, yada. even after 11 issues worth of yada yada? Yes, even after. Especially. Even after 11 <laughs> issues, especially after. Because <laughs> just lo- even looking at that pages as you're leafing through them, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. It is. That book is a lot. Um, well, we will, we will be p- putting uh, Valor into our rotation. Yes. And uh, you'll see the next issue in a couple of weeks. There we go. Um, any feedback yeah give me a second here I think feedback you say yes Mm -hmm. Uh, yes because as we were um... people want to complain more about my Donna Troy uh, uh, (laughs) ministry we'll we'll, we'll get there lack of a better word okay Um, okay or maybe right. there's not enough of it yet. Al, so, you know what you did, Al. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> oh, man. Um, got, the, got the fish hook ready for you, dude. It, it, in fact, it, it, it did come up on this past Friday's episode of uh, <laughs> L-E-G-I-O-N. Um, all right. Um, talking about episode 658, Hanging Out with Al Gordon, King of Tangents. And I got to say... I have received a lot of sort of feedback from various sources. You know, people have have uh, DM'd me on uh, on on Facebook. I've received text messages. Uh, a lot of people really really enjoyed the uh, the discussion with Al, and um, and you know it, it seems to every couple of days to uh, to, uh, to to bring more uh, more back. But uh, but I go through the official channels. And uh, our friend uh, Brent Brickhill from uh, Melbourne uh, yeah. says, uh, guys, this was my favorite episode all year. Al's talent shone through it, and it made me think how much fun it would have would have been to be to would have been to be in a uh, conversation with him, Keith, Tom, and Mary back in the day. No wonder this uh, version of LLSH is so out there. Great interview and great great questions. And he says, which became harder and harder to relate to the Legion as the interview went on. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says, Al definitely is tangent lad. Pretty so, much, yeah. So true. Thank you, Brent. And uh, yeah, yeah, there is, there is no doubt. I think doubt he actually asked us, well, you know, 
if I ramble, y'all stop me. We're like, no, no, we are not going to do yeah. that. It's no, part this, of the is, this is the <laughs> intent. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, from the Resurrections podcast, it is a podcast about uh, Adam Warlock and Thanos um, from um, one of one of the uh, co-hosts of the L-E-G-I-O-N P.O.D. cast, which shows up on this very feed, uh, Al Sedano. Um, subject line, that episode with all the Donna Troy questions. That was, <laughs> that was cool. Hello, Wonder Boys. So, Fire Fist really should have seen that coming, shouldn't he? But it we does really show why yeah. both... Why both he and Bloodclaw weren't fit to be in the Legion. Although I gotta say, having them in was worth it just to hear um, uh, Derek do his uh, Russian accent. <laughs> Friggin' delightful. Um, anyway, Al continues. Uh, the typical Kun shoot or claw first ask questions never mentality. It's why the only Kuns we see outside of the Empire, like Harlak, the sorcerer from the Baxter run, or Amon Hawk, are the ones who question that. It's like the Dominator's problem. They can't think past the limits of their cast, and the Coons can't think past... Shoot! 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 Speaking of Coons, who I, uh, who I think could work, am I the only one who thinks of Flaterweb as a proto-Gates? He does seem to fill a similar role. Hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, if you put him together with Bale Mist... Bellmas Bowers, Fleeterwebs. Yeah, attitude. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, finally, thanks, Darren. I've been watching several of the videos uh, by Casually Comics, and they are a lot of fun. They are. And he says, plus it shows me I can cause problems and be rewarded with something cool. You are the fun <laughs> uncle in your family, aren't you? Totally. <laughs> he says, <laughs> and uh, he, f he finishes by saying later, until I get an earful from Paul tomorrow. Because <laughs> we record tomorrow. Uh, Al Sedano. Yes, he's trouble. He's trouble, that Al Sedano. Mm -hmm. Kids, watch out for him. Trouble with a capital T, which rhymes with P, which stands for penis. Hey. In my oh, opinion, I say podcast. Uh, the but... music man. Yeah. P's stand for lots of things. I don't know why they're like stuck yeah, on Yeah, and, 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 and honestly, Michael, I think you knew if it, if it was a P where... Uh, Darren was going to go with it. Totally. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's what I've uh, got for feedback. So, you know, and Al reflecting back to just last week with all his questions about the history of Donna Troy. And it reminds well, me that there is a huge history to the DC universe, but more specifically, <laughs> can we look at, you know, the history of the Legion and really look at what happened this week in Legion history, Michael? I suppose we could. Ah, well, what luck. And, and wouldn't you know it? I just happened to have with me, what happened this week in Legion history? Luckier still. Uh, <laughs> yes. Let's see. 60 years ago, June 1961, Superman number 147. Luther deduces that if there is a Legion of superheroes, there must be a Legion of supervillains, which he could contact to help break him out of prison. Lex's plan works, and devices from the future to help break him out of jail are sent for the future. Lex breaks out and is soon met by the 30th century's Legion of Supervillains. 
This is the first appearance of Cosmic King, Lightning Lord, and Saturn Queen. And we get a flashback to each of their origins. And you know what happens when we have a flashback to a uh, a Rans from Winneth. Mm. Take a drink. We get to see the Lightning Beasts of Korball. Oh, indeed. Yep. That's definitely a drink. Yeah. And that was all the way back in podcast number six single digits oh wow when we were babies paul yeah i know right Oof. <laughs> uh 40 years ago june 1981 dc special series number 26 which was one of those big giant tabloids this was superman and his incredible fortress of solitude and uh during the tour of the fortress we see statues of the Legionnaires. Oh, take a drink. And you know what happens when we see statues of the Legionnaires? Oh, we drink. This this uh, this week in Legion history is going to kill us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Michael might be doing this to us on purpose. You think? And I'm, I'm not uh, minding at all, really. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, sometimes uh, twill that, can be trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that same day, 40 years ago, 1981, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 2, Number 279. The Legion makes a last-ditch attempt to rescue Earth from Grimbor as Reflecto's too, true identity is revealed. Uh, that was Daddy. episode 518 of the Reflecto Saga. Ah, uh, Leather Daddy. Saga, gets, saga. Leather Daddy Grimbor makes me feel fun. <laughs> 35 years ago, 1986, Booster Gold number 8. Brainiac 5, Ultra Boy, and Chameleon Boy travel back to 1986 to find out what happened to Brainy's equipment and who this Booster Gold guy is. <laughs> and that was episode 541. Uh, that same day, 1986, a book we are not going to cover, uh, Superpowers, Volume 3. That was the, uh, let's see if we can come up with a flimsy story uh that features all of the characters who we are currently making superpower action figures for uh so this one the superpowers team uh and this is volume three number one the team must go up against new superpowered enemies as as a result of Kronar's project superhero and this is where legion villain tier makes his debut that's right. Uh, with no explanation of why he is in the 20th century and not the 30th. Uh, also, also in 1986, Who's Who, the definitive directory of the DC Universe number 19 came out. And this one alphabetically featured the puzzler uh, in the P's to Roy Raymond. Uh, so who from the Legion cast would have appeared between Puzzler and Roy Raymond. And remember, it's R-O uh, for the first name, not R-A for the second, okay, for the last yeah. name. Okay, well, that's Quizlet. Okay, anybody else? I would say Queen Projectra, but she didn't get an entry under no. the name Queen Projectra. So. Or Princess Projectra. Or Princess Projectra. But again, puzzler, she wouldn't have. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but, but that, so that was issue 19. Issue 18, um, alphabetically, would have been Princess Projectra if she was in there. And then 19 would have been Queen Projectra if she was there. Yeah. Yep. 
but we have to wait a few more issues for her to appear. Yes, yes. Um, so Puzzler, Troy Raymond. Mm-hmm. I think it's just Quizlet. It's so. the only one I can think of. Yeah, that was a trick question to see if I could. No, nope, sorry. No. Nope. Okay. We've been drinking, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 20 years ago, 2001, uh, the Flash Race Against Time trade paperback reprints Mark Wade's Flash 112 to 118, which include a bunch of excess appearances. And then uh, Starman number 80, which was the series finale, uh, Tom Caller appears in that one. Starman. Did Kurt Russell ever appear in a Starman comic? Yeah. Or was it Jeff Daniels? I get Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. Jeff Daniels. Okay. But not to my knowledge. Wait, no, it was Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Bridges. Okay. Yeah. One of those one of those guys. Some guy named Jeff. Yeah. Uh ten years ago, June 2011, Legion Lost Volume One hardcover. Uh expect to see that sometime around mid 2027. Mm. When we hit the uh, the latter part of the reboot, and then um, uh, Legion of Superheroes Volume Six, Number Fourteen. Uh, this is the th- uh, the retro boot. Uh, the Legion of Supervillains gains the upper hand in their fight with the Legion on Kolu. Will the LSV and the powerful entity behind them prevail? Um, you mean DC I, editorial? Uh, <laughs> Well, since the series doesn't end with number 14, I would say no, they probably do not prevail. <laughs> uh, but if you want to find out if they prevail, go back to episode 141. Thanks. And then five years ago in 2016, we have Supergirl, the Silver Age Omnibus Volume 1, uh, which reprints her appearances uh, up through Action 307, which is all of her earliest adventures with the Legion. And that, as they say, was this week in Legion history. Well, that oh, sure. is awesome. All right. So, folks, we're going to wrap this thing up. So, before we oh, do, I have please. oh, oh, I have a one question. Travis special stump the subs. Nice. Oh, no, you didn't. One question. <laughs> and it's just because oh, yes. of some random issue I happened to look at yesterday for research purposes. So everybody has seen the Legion fan design costumes from the early seventies. Mm-hmm. They're they're notoriously awesome. Um, and That's Adventure, one word for it, yeah. Yeah, Adventure yeah. Comics four hundred three. They first uh, showed up in a little backup couple page feature where they showed some fan design costumes, and then they appeared. Or the ones for Karate Kid, Projector, and Shadowlass were worn for One Adventure and Superboy number one eighty three. Mm-hmm. And basically, I mean, the the Saturn Girl design, uh, one of those was used for a while too. But uh, basically, yeah. as far as the fan design costumes, that was it. Or was it? Yes. I was reading through an issue uh, yesterday, and the fan design costumes showed up on a page, and I was like, "Whoa! I don't recall them showing up again." Do any of you know which comic they showed up in again? And I don't mean a reprint. Oh, this is not a reprint. This is no. Them uh, in those costumes again for some I'm, bizarre reason. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I'll see if you guys know it. 
I, I do. I, I, I don't because that, that orange outfit of, of Shadow Last. Now, they did go over the costumes in that episode where, or that issue, listen to me, episode. That, that issue where they were talking about um, there was this really flamboyant Reed queer guy who was the designer, the the costume designer for the Legionnaires talking about the whole um, like Wildfire and Brainiac 5's costumes give off these radiation patterns, but humans can't see that. So you don't understand how, you know, fabulous their costumes are. But I don't know the issue number of that. And I know that they showed... Um, Shadow Lass and Projectra's fan-created costumes at that point if in flashback. That, that's, that's the one that I'm thinking of, Darren. Okay. And I just don't I know don't, the number. I so. don't know the number, but it was and in who, Who's Who in the Legion. That, that, that is correct. Oh, okay. Woohoo! They show Shadow Lass's Karate Kids and Projectra's fan-designed okay. costumes again. Which and is Michael nice. is very close with Who's Who in the Legion, and it's number seven. Ah, there we go. Oh. So, good job. Nice. And uh, where, you know, I know there are places where one can find images of what the uh, Legionnaires look like <laughs> in various um, periods of time. Where would that be, Travis? Well, there's there's multiple spots you could probably find such things, but uh, one popular spot I've heard of is uh, Legion of Superheroes visualreference.blogspot.com. There you go. Ooh. Or, you know, you may perhaps if you're someone who prefers something like Twitter, I, I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, if you go there and twitter.com backslash Legion reference, you might find an account there that also posts them. Yes. Nice. 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 Very nice. Is it folks, on, and you should check them is out. It on Insta is it on Instagram too, Darren? Um, Travis? No. Travis does an Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> and apparently neither does Legion uh, reference. Yes. <laughs> Although I, I, I think I've seen Juniper on Instagram. I think Juniper has an account there. I'm not sure. Maybe no, she, she, she does not. Is, is it her people who have a, an Instagram account for her? I, I have an account just to follow some other people. Oh, uh, okay. Because okay. I know Juniper's in demand. High demand. Oh, well, Absolutely. This, always. Always, absolutely. Yes. Photogenic well, as the, hell. Uh, Share Madonna Juniper. That's how it goes, yeah. kids. <laughs> I, I guess the visual reference for uh, for Shadow Lass's orange costume. Oh. Um, you can have the definitive page showing every single panel uh, where she's ever in that costume. <laughs> uh, I could, but that's too many. <laughs> just, yeah, that, just like I, I, uh, seems just an like awful lot to curate. <laughs> Just like I mean, Fortress I, Lad didn't have uh, a whole lot of uh, issues to dig through to find his reference. There was a uh, there was a question in um, the letters column of this issue uh, where they, they broke a few questions out into uh, blue boxes in the letters page, and someone asked if there was an SW6 version of Fortress Lad, and I believe the response was was Gosh, we hope not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But hey, just a reminder, we are it, it is June now. August is coming. And we're gonna have a TDK appearance in a Suicide Squad movie. That's right. So just just uh, be aware, y'all. Who who knows what that's gonna look like for uh, us Legion fans. So Indeed. uh 
Indeed. We shall, it, it, it all remains to be seen, literally and figuratively. Totally. All right. You like what, what will have been going to have been happened? There it is. There it is. I think we've covered all of our catchphrases. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so there we go. So, folks, co- comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we wake our way into the time bubble. And, well, maybe we're just going to go swimming today. And, uh, well, that fish has three eyes. Has anyone tested this water? And we will see you all next week. Welcome to the lost city of Atlanta. <laughs>